Welcome back to Harmony Beats Balance, today's special dual cast radio show and podcast episode features a dear friend, someone I admire, someone I am connected with on many different levels. Her name is Dear Dear Hope. Welcome. You give me hope. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dana, for having me. And I appreciate you saying I give you hope. I definitely am just a channel for it. But thank you. And you have been lovely since we have connected more than two years ago now. What a journey you're on. So when I have guests on, we talked about this in the pre-show, so many of them want freedom and joy. Mm. However, actually harnessing it and maybe deploying it and keeping it is very challenging. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about how do you how do you do it? <laughs> What's the magic? <laughs> well, I have to say there's no magic in me alone other than choice, perhaps, but I, I have a, a deep spiritual well, a relationship with God in a more traditional sense. So a believer, a Christian, disciple of Christ. So there are resources that are beyond me that I have to choose. But that is a big part of all of that in any spiritual practice or tradition is that you have to choose it. And so I have to say that I am in a place now where I am able to consistently choose. That was not always the case when I was raising my daughter and I was divorced. I divorced her dad and I was working a hundred hours a week, 80 to hundred hours a week. I did that for about 20 years. And so, so that was pre-child, pre-marriage and then post <laughs> marriage, but raising my daughter. And at some point I had to choose. I realized that, that there were so many things swirling around me and I chose work consistently because I <clears throat> needed to raise her and have resources for that. And even though I was a believer then, I think in terms of power and choice, I still was in the water of of toxicity, the water of stress. And you know, you used to live in the San Francisco Bay Area. There is an undercurrent that I don't know people, they see people hustle and the grind, and they also see a lot of stress and anxiety and even some poverty, frankly, frankly, with the homelessness. But even when you think you're living above that, you're in it, you're in it. So after having most of my adult life just be a steeplechase, I just decided this is not what I want anymore. I also had to hit a wall. Choosing more regularly, the steeple run and chase, hitting a wall, these metaphors that anyone, especially women, and in particular, women of color that might identify with where you are coming from as a black woman, having dealt with the pressure and societal issues Mm -hmm. and the push and pull of keeping your faith and yet providing for your daughter. This is so complex. If people haven't walked a day in your shoes, they better not judge. You don't have to listen to this show if you're judging. If you're here to learn and listen and grow, which is the whole purpose of Harmony Beating Balance every time. I asked Hope to come on. I've actually wanted Hope to come on for about a year and a half, and the show is only a couple years old. The reason I waited was Hope really has a gift, and the way she makes choices is so informed and it's informed by joy and it's informed by freedom. And I will tell you, I've seen you say no actively when it's not right for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm well aware, and we share this in common, 
you know, were in a similar storm, but in different boats, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I am not a woman of color and I Mm -hmm. consider myself very privileged. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, I've worked hard. I've been a single mom, that whole thing. It's not the same. Mm -hmm. The the Fortune 100 experience you had, (laughs) even that is such a rare thing for many women of color to have experienced at your level. And yet here you are equating Fortune 100 working a hundred hours a week. Is that a coincidence? Me thinketh not. So talk to us about how did you get out of it? How did you get off the, the steeplechase? And if you're comfortable a little bit about that while you hit and now how the choices are different for you. For sure. But let me say this. And so we like to use the phrase women of color and we know what it means. It's something that most people can identify. But as one of my... <laughs> One of my participants in the facilitation I was doing, he was like, well, isn't white a color? I was like, it is a color. So I, but, you know, this is what we use. But of course, because we think of white as dominant. So I just want to put that out there. Thank you. Always. Yeah. Women have a challenge period. But yes, there are some complexities and nuances that come with being a Black woman, not just a non-white woman or non-Asian, however we want to meet people in these social Please. identities. Educate and elevate us. That's why No, no, here. no. But I just, but that's just my personal thing. And I've said that in spaces where people want me to do DE and I work. It's like, well, let's just be clear about this. I mean, and all this kind of stuff is made up if we want to be frank, but it's easy. It is. It's, it's, it's shorthand for, for us to be, to be able to do what we do in terms of engaging with each other. So I will move off of that soapbox and, and, and talk more about Myself. So yes, definitely. I, I I also want to be very pointed about being a black woman. It is not a burden necessarily for me, and some people may take offense to that. But it's a it's it's a heavy situation because people don't expect anything of us, and we are invisible in a lot of spaces. And yes, at in a Fortune one hundred. It was. It didn't start out as Fortune 100. Let me be clear about that. I worked in the biotech space for a long time, and I have biotech clients more than a long time, more than 25 years, and I still have biotech clients. I just don't do the same thing that I used to do. But in any case, if you are there, and you are a non-white person, particularly a non-white male, you you are dealing with things. So. In any case, I didn't. The, the company didn't start as Fortune 100. I worked in law, which is also a very white male dominated field. And, but I moved from that because I was working at a law firm thinking that, okay, so professional services is its own thing as well. Billing hours, having to, I didn't have to get the clients. I just had to do the work and I had to build them enough in order to say that I belong there. And that's where all of us that work in professional services. But in any case, I shifted from that thinking that, okay, if I went in-house, as we call it, that would be much easier. There aren't billable hours. But I was in a position where I was only the third person to work in the position I had in that department. It was a legal department and the company was growing. And that was a great position. They gave me all the hard projects (laughs) because I was one of the only people that looked like me on the professional staff. In any case, that was a wonderful experience that I felt some limitations. So I wanted to move out of the legal department. And so I started working in the business unit. I did work to make these connections. I had some internal clients, but my goodness, the second business position that I had at this company, and we were doing really well. Everyone again, knew me. That was the thing. They hired 
some guy from Big Pharma, we weren't Big Pharma, and he wanted to change the landscape. He hired someone who had more experience than I did. And what he said to me, and I said, I said, I'm not sure if she's the right person for the job. He's like, well, it doesn't matter. Can you work with her? I said, I can work with anybody, which had been the case. But she took offense at me. This was a woman from Sweden, a white woman, well, Swedish. But and she would tell people, oh, you have she has too much power for her position. She didn't know that I knew so many people. She said that on her second day at the company. So that started the downslide for me at this Fortune 100 company. And I wasn't used to people not respecting what I did. And also as a person, I I, I was a people pleaser. I'm a reform people pleaser too. Let me be clear about that. Talk about joy and freedom. Amen. That's the way to, the way to let loose is, is don't please people. That That's how I choose every day too. It's hard. And there are days I slide backwards, but anyhow. So, in, so that's when I, after I just decided, okay, this isn't working for me. I thought, okay, I have all these relationships. I've been at this company for eight years. I can definitely find another position in another department. And I was told, she came into my office and said, don't you think you're going anywhere? So that I don't even want to give you any more of the details of that ridiculous conversation. But she said she would block everything. So at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do about this? I was at that, I was physically exhausted. I had been having stomach trouble that I learned later was connected to anxiety. I didn't, that wasn't something I was used to. But in any case, I ended up, that's the wall that I hit. I was so forlorn, sad, depressed, traumatized. I just cried and cried a lot, a lot, a lot. On the way to work, when I didn't have meetings in my office and on my way home, to, and when I would put my daughter to bed, I would cry. So at that point, I was like, this isn't good for me. I, I need to figure out what to do. And a friend told me to go and see my doctor. So that was the first time I had ever taken a leave in my life. And it said a lot about me, to me, that I wasn't good enough and that she had won all of these things. But let me tell you, and let me say this to anyone listening. If you have an opportunity to take a leave, take it. <laughs> One, you have paid into accounts for that disability or whatever. There's FMLA. But our mental health, as we are now seeing, now let me let me put some framing on this. This all happened 17 years ago. My daughter was eight or nine; she'll be 26. So this happened years ago when people when we weren't COVID was long away. But now people understand the value of mental health even more because many of us are struggling with that for various reasons due to COVID and work. But that's the wall I hit. So I'm I'm. It was really tough for me and because I, I was such a hard worker. I was. I was working all those hours and really working them. I wasn't like sitting in my office socializing or going to, it was at that company you were, you were in meetings for eight hours and then you worked for eight hours. And it was, it was family friendly in the sense that we had a daycare on site. So I would go and pick my daughter up often when the daycare closed. It closed 30 minutes later than most. So at 6.30, I would pick her up. She would be under my desk until eight or nine and we go home and Whatever. And then I start all over after I put her to bed. I was sleeping three hours a week. Exactly. (laughs) I was sleeping three hours a week for that period of time. And so what I did was I took away from myself. I definitely didn't want her to feel the pinch of having a single mom. She did to some degree because not too many women have children playing under their desks in the evening, getting dinner from the cafeteria. And I'm not saying this to like make myself a victim or be a martyr. 
I'm just explaining exactly. No, how you're just work. sharing the facts. These are just well, yeah. the facts of the situation. So <laughs> let's talk about the the great resignation that's happening right now has mm-hmm. a lot to do with the silver lining coming out of pandemic and people choosing differently. They're taking mental yes. health breaks. Yes. There is more work-life integration. That's why I have a show. Yes. They yes. are uh, taking sabbaticals. It's not yes. just for the tech companies of Silicon Valley. It's, it's actually a way to uh, really kind of come out from where we were inside of ourselves and then burst out to become our highest and our best selves. I'm going to do something unusual. This is actually a perfect segue for your quote. And then we'll have a little more conversation about the, the, how you keep choosing joy and freedom. So others might get some more advice and insight. You have this amazing quote. This is the perfect time to share it. Would you mind sharing your quote? <laughs> Not at all. So I have said for years, even before I became a human development person, like I work as a coach and a consultant now, but that your mind is the strongest thing on you. And yeah, we can question the grammar, but the whole idea is that our minds are the things that lead. And we've heard this in so many different ways in iterations of this. But one of the my ways of choosing before I talk more about the quote. So I have this goal of it's, it's something called the Greek is eunoia. So eunoia means a good mind or good thinking. So part of what I have in, in, and that enables me to choose is that I actually fill my mind with things that are going to keep it strong. Just like if we think of our bodies, we're running, we're lifting weights, we're swimming, we're doing what doing hula <laughs> in, in your case, right? And thank you. <laughs> right. And various other sorts of physical activity to keep our body strong and to build that stamina, muscle, flexibility. But most people, I would say, it, let me talk about this country for the most part, but I've traveled and I've talked to a lot of people as well. The whole process or practice of filling your mind with good things, I find that many people aren't that purposeful about it. So that is what allows me to choose well. But that is why I also said your mind is the strongest thing on you. When I hit that wall, getting to the wall, I told myself a lot of things and listened to a lot of things and accepted them. And then hitting the wall, there was more of that. After the wall, there was more of that. And Again, I was like, what is happening? What is true? So that is where I also had to come to. And when I work with clients, whether they're organizations or individuals, I'm like, find what is seminal, a truth that is seminal and central to you. And when you are moving through a difficult place, quote that truth to yourself because you have to anchor yourself to something. So for me, that was the deal. And that's when I really learned that lesson very well, that the things that we tell ourselves, and again, with clients, other people that I've worked with over time, as a lay minister, all these things, people have, their minds are filled with a lot of things. Some of it is objectively, it makes sense, but it's like, how can you shift? How can you shift your perspective? How can you change that? So this is where I've seen it, where people think that whole thing about you think and who you are, there's a scripture that actually says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And I know Napoleon Hill has a book like Think and Grow Rich and this sort of thing. That is, but people, I, I feel like they really minimize our minds in, in, in the power of our life and the power of getting more of what we want. People talk about the law of attraction and thinking there's some truth to that. And there have been studies 
But yeah. there's so much truth to that. And there's so many quantifiable studies about that. And of course, you know, whether you subscribe to, I don't know, the more old school today, the secret and that whole phenomenon, or if you're coming at it from a, a faith-based or religious-based perspective, I don't know that it actually really matters as long as you're mindful. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Be mindful. Yes. My, well, and, and so mindful is absolutely the case. And we, and you know, mindfulness is very big, right? And it's yes. good. But, and so the reason I have been mindful, not to say mindful, is because there are things associated with that. But yes. if we talk about just managing your mind, doing the work of managing your mind, meaning that, yes, you have to watch what thoughts you have about yourself and your context or any other, even other people you started with judging, but then also putting things in your mind. We watch a lot of things that are not helpful for us. We listen to a lot of things. So mental hygiene, all of that sort of thing, that that is all around our minds. So the, the idea is that it takes energy, effort, and focus like with your body to be able to do the same thing with your mind. And so for me, all I can tell you is that's how I end up choosing. Well, there are lots of things that I don't participate in. Don't watch the news. There are lots of popular shows that I don't watch only because I know me. And I'm a very visual person also. There are things that I have seen once or I have been involved in once and the images are burned into my head. But that's not helpful unless it's something good. But we, but we, but most of us can testify that look, even when it's something good, the bad usually crowds that out. So you got to do the work. So that's the deal. So let's get the listeners to do the work right now. Let's do a mm-hmm. speed round with them. <laughs> I did not warn Hope other than to warn her I might do something. Here's the something. Good thing we're friends. So the speed round goes like this. I'm going to just sort of have you answer a couple questions and then we're going to pause for a second and our lovely producer, Sonia, will play some music. We'll be piping that in and then people will get a chance to also do their own speed round, but you're the jumpstart because you are really leading the way, Hope. Because of what you've been through and come through and shared, because you've dealt with women versus women, and I could go on, but I'll leave it at that, which is to me one of the biggest crimes of all time. Really? Like if you're a woman in power, I don't care what you look like. I don't care where you're from. If you're listening to this show and you have any power, please help a sister out. Come on. I agree, but thank you. And the male allies will take you to. No, I don't mean to like... (laughs) We want everyone, the whole idea. So this is the deal. If we are not going to be just focused on social identities, this is obviously before we do the speed round. Let's just look at people to do good by them. So if we, this is difficult to understand. And one of the things even now, the joy and freedom, what you have done, the choices that you've made in your own life, Dana, the things that you encourage your clients to do, we are salmon and swimming upstream. Now that that may that that may seem very tired, but it's true because most of us are put. It's easier to go the way that everyone else is going. But if you're trying to help somebody out, that's actually not really part of the landscape. You've been a CEO, you know how that goes, and you sat at the top, as they say, of the food chain. And even though you may have been thinking that way, you can see how the structures that we create. And that yes. will create that we we're just in and we step in are created yes. by other people. That's not part of it. So my whole thing is yes, help a sister out, but also just let's just help each other out. Yes. Let's think, let's do, let's commit to doing well and to um, uh, to each other. 
and wherever you go. So that's one of yes. the other things for me. That's a tenant. I want to leave a place, a situation, a person better than how I, I engage with it. And so that's going to open the speed round. When yes. I say yes. legacy, you say love and service. Love and, love and service. service. And love is what I just said. It's not about the these high lofty feelings. They are good. They come. But love is really actually committed to doing what's best for the other. We're going to pause. round question is for you, Hope, and then the listener gets their turn. Harmony beats balance because if you are aligned with yourself, your authentic self, not the self that's been structured, you will always win. You will always win. We're going to pause. She is on a roll, listeners. We are harmonious today. Okay, we're going to do one more. This is a complex one. So listeners, if you're driving, listening, you know the score. Either pull over if you need to write something down or wait. If you are not driving, play along right after Hope answers her speed round question. It's going to be one more turn for you to play along on Harmony Beats Balance with Special Magical Hope. I want to ask you this, where there is tension, what do you do? I am a firm believer in honesty. So this goes back to your harmony, the whole thing, finishing that harmony beats balance. It's difficult. I am not going to say that it's not, but you have to summon the courage for yourself and for other people to address the tension. Now there's a time for that. And let me be clear. Let me confess. I have timing challenges because I will bring up something like, even if something is happening now, I'm like, dang, can we talk for a second? So that may not be the best time. We are focused on us being together on your show. And there's a time for that after. So that is the one thing I'm also working on, but being having the courage to be honest, honest, and, and have a forthright conversation. And, and forthright, I've learned how to, I also had a tone problem going up, growing up. So I learned how to be gentle with that. And there are things that I do before I have a conversation with someone that is going to be difficult or if there's tension. And I, I can tell you that <laughs> there's always the there's always possibility for tension. That's how we, how we manage that. It's almost in everything, isn't it? Yes. And think about it because there's a, a Ghanaian proverb 
<clears throat> the one that's not really got name there is a people group in Ghana. My partner is Ashanti or Asante. That's the traditional way. But they have a thing that branches touch. So if you are in a forest and the trees are growing together, their branches will scrape each other. But if you are not and you're a standalone tree in someone's yard or a beautiful palm tree just in some area, a golf course maybe, <laughs> on a Hawaiian island or some other places where there are palms, then yeah, you can freely. So there's tension in everything because you have different elements. Even if they seem similar, they're not, unless they're mechanical. So hope gave you insights, clues, tips, even ways to deal with tension you may never have thought were possible. Your job, dear listener, right now is to say where there's tension, I make it healthy by doing, and you fill in the blank, we're going to play some music. they've done it and we've done it. And oh, wow. I learned something today, Hope, about tension. That is a really rough way to end a show that's so beautiful and helpful because it is complex and it is multifaceted, Mm -hmm. situational and relative. There's always tension. And to make it healthy, we have to be authentic, time and place. Mm -hmm. And the tone that you brought up, Mm-hmm. listeners will tell you, they will react to this show. We're going to tell them how to find you if they want to reach out to you and Gazelle. Mm-hmm. Love the brand of your company <laughs> and the work that you do. They you. they hear such a beautiful tone, as do I. It is obviously something you've really worked on and come through the other side. Mm-hmm. We could talk to you all day. It's almost like uh, a melody. It's very comforting your tone, yet your words are also very powerful. And so for all of you listeners that are going to be DMing me that I always say hope is not a strategy, it's still not. However, it's a human being and it's a wish. (laughs) And hope gives me hope on the wishing front. I'm not going to use hope as a strategy because that's how I roll. And so hope, you do give us hope. You do give us strategies in addition to the hope and the wish for everyone that they're just a little bit more free and a little bit more joyful and that that mindfulness is actually something they do with action. Please. Yeah. It's, it's purposeful. It's purposeful. And, and it's like anything else when you're, when you brush your teeth, we are so purposeful about that. It becomes a practice. So that's the one thing. And hope is a practice, frankly. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you have to cultivate it. It's a practice. So anything that you are cultivating, there are practices or behaviors associated with it. So I I appreciate you for giving me an opportunity to just talk about it and to connect with you because you and I have had some really rich, rich, rich conversations around maybe you started with one thing. You're like, oh, I need to talk to you about this. Or I'm like, Dana, we need to talk about this. And it goes many places. You, you were able to keep me focused today. So bravo to you. <laughs> oh, well, bravo to us. And the <laughs> listeners will definitely have great takeaways. And I know some of them will want to reach out for you. So why don't you go ahead and share the best way for them to touch base with you if they'd like. Okay, well, I'm on LinkedIn. That is the only 
social media, I guess, platform on, I'm on, even though it's professional. And my website is gazellesuccess.com. Do I need to spell that? Yes. G-A-Z-E-L-L-E-S-U-C-C-E-S-S.com. And even that sounded like a melody. <laughs> so on that beautiful note, ha I'm so punny. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart and I will keep inspiring as I'm able to and aspiring to continue being more mindful. You're doing a beautiful job. Thank you for being here and being in the world and doing your, doing your stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners as always, aloha, mahalo and a hui ho until the next time we meet. Ete